Communications disruption can mean only one thing. This is Jam Transmissions, a Star Wars podcast. Welcome everyone to episode 101 of Jam Transmissions, a Star Wars podcast. I'm Peter Viox, and please allow me to introduce my co-host, Mr. Rick Via Nueva. Bienvenidos, hermanos, hermanas. How is everybody? Happy 101st Star Wars Day, my friend. It's been a couple of weeks since we've spoken last. How are you? How you doing? Man, I'm doing really good as always, and it has been a couple of weeks. Man, I had to take a little time off after that 100. Man, y'all killed yeah, me da- on that. That was that was Dallas, ambitious. Yeah, Dallas, Dallas really <laughs> fucked you up, man. He's he's. I I said we're gonna some that, but I told him I was like, you made it so that Pete has like nine days of editing before this episode comes out, and he did not bat an eye. He did one of these. I like, congratulated himself, and. uh He's probably if like, he fuck that guy. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So beyond it, 100 was a banger. It was almost three hours of content, if you will. <laughs> th- th- things were, were said and laughs were had. It was a good time. And, uh, you know, we've said it over the last you know week and a half or so since the episode came out. Like, thanks to everybody that uh, wrote in and contributed. Um, it means a lot to us to have... Um, you know, kind of the backing of the community and in, in, in those kinds of congratulations. So it's been uh, it's been a week and a half and I'm, I'm ready to get into uh, some more Star Wars stuff. How about you? Yeah, man, absolutely. You doing good today. You doing good. Happy Star Wars Day. I didn't say it to you. Well, thank you, man. I was uh, I was waiting for it. I was waiting for my happy Star Wars Day. Um, no, man, I'm good. We got some things to talk about. I don't want to get into it just yet. But w- once we get into our weeks, um, I got a I got a metric ton of things to uh to get into when it gets to our week but before we get into that i can't leave him over there silent because he's sitting there staring at me with his jaw wide open waiting to say something friends we are not alone we have a special guest kicking off our 101st episode and we figured since we're kind of at the bottom we're going to start kind of low rung build our way up from 101 so we brought a good friend into our Jam Transmissions studios with us, sitting in the cockpit, uh, navigator's chair. He's the geode on this ship. He's the rock that's just going to sit there and do nothing. Is friend of the show and very good friend of mine, Mr. Tyler Bucks from the Chatter Squadron uh, podcast, YouTube, Twitch show. I don't know what other platforms you guys are on, but Tyler, welcome to uh, Jam Transmissions. How are you? Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talk. Thank you very much, uh, Rick. I, I'm happy to be a first 
even though it's a hundred episodes have become before this, but you know, I, I will, I will take your high praise. Wait, wait, wait a second. It wasn't high praise. You were saying getting lower on the rungs. I'm concerned yeah. about that. Logan wasn't available. Um, so we, I asked you if you would, uh, if you would come on. So, right. so th- thanks and- for being here. I felt like the, you know the goodness of my heart was going to come here. I, I'm very excited to meet Pete. Pete, I, I'm I'm jealous of your drum set, but but Rick, I don't know. Like, I don't even want to be at, in your uh, uh, cockpit. <laughs> <laughs> it, admittedly, it is a weird place to be. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, I'm along for the ride now. I guess I'm I'm in the holding cell. So let's get this going. Why not? <laughs> Well, thanks for being here, man. Our first guest since we passed the uh, the century mark. And um, yeah, I mean, like kind of introductions are in order. I mean, Pete and Tyler, this is the first time you guys are meeting. Nice glasses, both of you. I'm uh, not at all jealous. But um, so let's get right into it. Tyler, for anybody who doesn't know you or doesn't know your show, why don't you give us a brief synopsis of what Chatter Squadron is? So Chatter Squadron is your weekly dose of Star Wars fun and positivity. We, uh, like Rick was saying, we live stream on uh, Twitch, Facebook, and YouTube uh, every Saturday at 1 p.m. Eastern. I believe that's 12 your time, Rick. And uh, we talk about kind of the week, uh, the, the news of the week. And we also go into like Star Wars history or other things. We have deep conversations. We have good tangents. We just try and have fun and kind of give people a spot to kind of disengage from the real world for a good hour. Um, and then every single Tuesday, the audio podcast, which is just the audio from the streams comes out so you can check it out there. But we are basically chatter squadron everywhere you need to look. Yeah. Yeah. Really good. Really glad to finally have you on there. I know Rick's always like poking fun at, you know, people with glasses and stuff, man. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, it's really cool to finally meet you, man. And everybody check out Chatter Squadron for sure. It'll all definitely be in the show notes. But I got a question for you, man, because yes. one thing that we always like to do with our guests is, you know, everybody has an origin story. Um, what is your Star Wars story? I'm curious what are some of your first memories? What kind of defines your fandom? What brought you into this and what, what sort of things keeps it a part of your life every single day? Well, I'll give you a, like you, like a brief synopsis, uh, like Rick was saying with the show before. Um, but Gareth Edwards is working on Tyler Buck's A Star Wars Story. That's the next anthology film coming out. But I won't try and spoil too much. Um, I was born a Star Wars fan. My parents saw star wars uh in the theaters when it first came out and my mom is actually the biggest uh star wars fan of the bunch it seems and uh so my brothers were huge into it we had the vhs tapes all the time so i don't remember like a lot of people might their first viewing of star wars or the first time they saw darth vader or you know the big reveal of your father and all that stuff i don't have that uh which is fortunate and unfortunate at the same time it was just on 24 seven um, early memories of my brother, uh, my older brother and I playing star Wars. Uh, I would be Han Solo on Endor going wait as they drive off in speeders. And then I would flip my brother over my shoulder, like the uh, scout trooper. And uh, so that's what I mean. Like from a very, very young age. And then, you know, every stick was a lightsaber growing up. So just running around in the backyard, my brother's girlfriends being like, 
what is up with your brother? Because I'm just in the backyard. I'm like Star Wars kid back there. Um, so that was the big thing. And then, of course, uh, the prequels came out. And that was, I was, uh, let's see. So, yeah, I was about like six or so when uh, Phantom Menace came out. So prime age for all of those movies. Super into it. And uh, it just kind of carried that love over and over again. But those are kind of the origins. It's just like it being, sur- I was surrounded. It, it, it was like the force. It binded my family together and all that type of stuff. So that that's kind of where the origins lie with me and Star Wars. Nice, man. I'm I'm curious, like, are you into collecting a lot? Because I, I see a couple things behind you. We do have uh, video going on here today. And uh, I'm, I'm curious, what kind of stuff keeps you into star wars like what keeps you what what makes you do the youtube show are you into the books and the tv shows obviously everything but i'm just curious what what really gets you going so a big thing for me always has been kind of the the film side of stuff and that's kind of been an anchor it seems for chatter squadron is we like to like talk about you know what was the writing process of this or, or what was kind of probably going behind the scenes of the production or the the set direction or whatever else it is um and that's that's a big thing for me like the visual dictionaries were huge growing up i got basically every visual dictionary for the movies um and so i liked diving into the props and the actors and the costumes and all those uh types of things when it came to collecting since I was, I'm, I'm the youngest by nine years and I never really had my own stuff. Uh, <laughs> it was mainly my brother's stuff. So, you know, like a, a broken, uh, uh, tie interceptor or a broken, uh, Luke sand speeder. Like it was all, all of those things. I didn't really have my own, uh, like collection until, uh, those lightsabers came out the full telescoping ones at mm-hmm. like Walmart, and I don't even know how many I have of those somewhere. They're, they're somewhere. But I had like a whole box, probably like 10 or 12 of these, all the all the hilts, all in different, you know, every single color and everything. Those were my biggest jam. Um, and what what kind of keeps me going when it comes to Star Wars is just that is it's a it's a universe you can kind of dive into completely. You can kind of give yourself over to it uh, wholly, whether it is, you know, behind the scenes type stuff or a book or a show or a movie or just thinking of it as a this living, breathing, breathing thing, this galaxy far, far away. What would you do if you were there? So a lot of that was me coming up with my own stories growing up. And uh, actually kind of tying that in with my current co-host, him and I were friends uh, forever. So we had our whole own story that we, uh, you know, did and we had characters and different lightsabers and different Jedi and all that stuff. And actually we found in an old notebook, we wrote uh, uh, Star Wars Episode 7, The Republic Strikes Back. So at one point we named we named one of the movies uh, you guys are so close. You guys are know, so close to getting that title. I know. I know. <laughs> so, uh, but that's what I mean. Like it, it, it's, it's either something that I like to analyze or it's something I like to escape to. And that's kind of, I guess why the chatter squadron is the way it is. It's either like, we're breaking down, like, what could this mean? Or we're just kind of riffing off of star Wars and, and George Lucas and other stuff as how kind of silly it is at the end of the day. Well, speaking of the show, you know, you, in the last, what, six, eight months or so, kind of revamped the show to do kind of the live stream thing that you guys are doing now. Um, but originally it was you 
and two other co-hosts. And, you know, that's when I discovered the show was probably, well, looking back now, maybe two and a half years, almost three years ago that I think I kind of jumped on board with you guys. I think it was fairly early on you guys doing the show and you jumped on to twice a week and things like that. But you guys were doing, you know, kind of um, sketches at the time, you know, kind of, uh, I don't want to say more written things, but, you know, I, things that pop into my mind. And I bring this up all the time is like, you guys did an interview with uh, Chief Palpatine after retirement and um, the um, the dating shows that you guys kind of did. Um, yeah. What I want to ask, so is like how much of kind of like your your outside professional quasi press, like what is it like outside in your real life that you brought into the show? Because obviously like the production quality you guys put into those shows back then was, you know, you can tell you guys are like editing and like it'll ads and things like that. Um, but, um, what, what, what did you bring into the show to kind of make it more unique from your real life? So where, where the, the show's like main origins was, was because I started writing, uh, articles in, I think about 2017 for Star Wars Theory and StarWarsTheory.com, uh, back before, uh, he showed his face and did the fan film and all that type of stuff way early on. So I was working for him. And a big reason why it was a podcast was because he did videos, right? And uh, he's very, I, I don't want to get too much into that whole story, but he's very touchy about mm-hmm. his, his content. So it was like, okay, we'll do, we'll do a podcast that won't uh, uh, affect that too much. And so I had this idea and I brought it to, as you alluded to before, uh, Johnny Trowbridge and Mike Calhoun, who had a a long running improv comedy podcast where they interviewed basically, uh, you know, people from bands or other comedians in the Cleveland area. And I was on their first show, not their 101st show, but their first show. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, I was on a couple other episodes and I, we did like a radio drama for that as well. Uh, uh, you know, a more produced thing that was like in the form of like one of those old horror radio dramas and uh, so we did a bunch of stuff together and then I was at the bar with them. I had this idea of a podcast and they were talking about like, yeah, I don't know who we should get for a guest. And, you know, I'm feeling like we should take a break and I'm kind of burnt out. Like they're talking about this stuff. And then I just sort of was like, hey, guys, I have this idea. And that's where it kind of snowballed from. It snowballed from an improv comedy podcast. So the pitch was basically like, how about we got how about we do this? And it's just improv comedy, but we talk about Star Wars. And, you know, that's that's great and everything. But as you said, like all these changes and all these ups and downs, it's hard to do that every single week or it's hard to replicate all that all the time. But like you said, with, you know, the interview with Sheev Palpatine, which, by the way, we called that he was alive and he didn't die. Um, or like the, <laughs> you're talking about the hating game uh, where that's I the one, uh, yeah. yeah, where the, I uh, the, the Sith dating game. Yes, where uh, I had three different people, which was, I believe, uh, Count Dooku. No, there there was a couple ones, but there was Count Dooku, Snoke, and uh, Darth Nihilus, or Nihilus, as Johnny likes to say. And it's just that type of improv stuff. And when you do that over and over and over again, you know, it's like I said, it's hard to replicate it, but it was always something that we we kept going with us. And when it comes to my 
you know, personal life or like you were saying, like where I brought that from is um, I've been doing acting for such a long time and I even took improv classes. And then they like uh, Calhoun was a stand up comedian at the time. And, and Johnny Trowbridge is the funniest person I've ever known. So it was just like this, this easy uh, thing that we could pull off was doing doing improv and that's kind of where it came from was like it felt natural and then over time like that you know you, you do the show for a long time then you start becoming a podcaster and then you start becoming a content creator and a video maker and all that and uh you kind of morph into to those types of things so that's like you said about six months ago or so um changing the format uh, uh bringing in logan like i said who i've known my entire life or his entire life and uh, uh just kind of getting back to those grassroots of like basically two friends talking about star Wars, but that's where the roots of all that stuff that I got into creatively was with Logan when we were really young. And my first like improv things was with him. So it's cool to kind of get back into the saddle, I guess. And that's something we want to keep doing on the show is keep that comedy rolling. Uh, because like I said, it's fun and positive and what's more positive and fun than laughing at a bunch of children's films. So, uh, that that's kind of the heart of it. And I, I just pulled that from all the other stuff that I've learned. I, I've never taken like uh, you know, official uh, media classes or went to college for any of this or, or whatever. So it, it has just been like learning editing from an old roommate and then carrying that over into all this or whatever else. So uh, yeah, rambling, but it's a lot to kind of wrap up in <laughs> three years to wrap up, but that's basically kind of uh, where it all was coming from. Well, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of history in, you know, three, I don't know what, four years or so that you guys have been kind of doing the show all together um, since it's in uh, inception. And, mm-hmm. you know, for anybody who, you know, listens to this show regularly, you've heard myself and Pete talk about how we came really close to meeting up with each other at Celebration two years ago. And because of circumstances that didn't happen. Um, but Tyler and I and Johnny and um, and Mike we had the chance to meet at Celebration the Sunday morning. It was either right before or right after the Mandalorian panel. I think it was right before. Um, it was right before, yeah. Yeah. And um, I got to say, meeting uh, Johnny Trowbridge was such a highlight for me. And I was going to ask you a minute ago, like, what is it about him that makes him my favorite co- you know, host of uh, Chatter Squadron? And you said it's because he's the funniest guy alive. Um, but yeah. I kid. I could, the thing about Johnny, I just want to say really quickly was, you know, hearing him not be able to contain himself during a skit was the kind of stuff that I would be at work. Um, you know, I got a a tool pouch on and a hard hat and I'm doing my thing. And I just start laughing my ass off with a bunch of construction workers, you know, around me because I got an earbud. I look like an idiot because I'm laughing at something you guys did on the show. Um, and I mean, and it carried that way for, for quite a while, but so, so we got to meet at celebration since then, you know, we've, we've maintained this friendship, you know, I, 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 we mess around and joke about how much we hate each other and how ugly we all are. Only one of us can look like, (laughs) I mean, we have an O'Peepit, we have a Cassie Nandor and we have Tyler right now on the show. Um, and you know, quit calling me (laughs) O'Peepit. I don't appreciate that. I don't look anything like a friend. You know, you know, I'm just messing around, man. Oh, Peep, it's handsome. You know that. He's handsome. He's got a great theme song. Hey, at least you don't look like a young George Lucas. <laughs> well, you kind of do. Look at I, that. You got the plaid on? You probably got some New Balance kicks on right now, too. 
They're 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 nice. They're white and they're ready to go. Perfect. <laughs> well, speaking Our of ready guest to for one hundred one, Mister George Lucas. Yep. Hi guys, George Lucas. George Lucas here. Speaking of George, let's go back to the beginning. Let's let's do things how we normally do on Chatter Squadron, and let's talk about um, our weeks. It's been two weeks since we recorded, um, and you know we like to talk about our collecting, things we've acquired, things we've watched, any Star Wars experiences of the last week. And uh, Tyler, since you're the guest, what have you acquired in the last Goodness. whatever span of time that you want to talk about? Oh my gosh! Like that's the thing. Uh, I, I'm like looking around my house, like like something please save me because uh, I'll say this, you know, our show is sponsored by Acme archives direct. And I didn't, I don't have to say that everywhere I go, but what was cool is uh, I, I met them at celebration as well, which I want to get back to in a second meeting you. Um, But at at celebration, and that's where I met the people from Acme archives and what my, my little like acquiring star Wars stuff was this week was going into my closet and looking at all the stuff they've sent us and being like, Oh my, Oh, Whoa. Oh, this is cool. I didn't know. Oh wait, they sent us an aliens poster. Oh, Whoa. And that's, that's really cool because the thing is like, I, you know, it's, I love art and I love star Wars, uh, you know, concept art. Like I was talking about with, uh, uh, the, the visual dictionaries, but, I have a studio apartment here, so I can't really just load my walls up with Star Wars stuff. So it's seeing all the the, the stuff I have. It, it is exciting because I want to give it away or something. But it's also like, man, I want to get a bigger place so I can hang up some of this stuff because it's all really really cool. And it, it it's almost like uh, you know when you're doing spring cleaning in like your closet or whatever, and you're like, I didn't know I had you know, a shirt like this, I can wear this tomorrow. Like that's how it felt. Um, so it was almost like you bought, you know, new things, but you already had it in your possessions mm-hmm. as far as like going places and, and buying things or ordering stuff online. I haven't, I haven't done that too much. I, it's, it's getting close to tax season and everything. And I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for that, that, that tax check to come in the stimulus check. I need mm-hmm. it. I need it all to do normal adult things and then I can focus on buying some stuff. But I, yeah, I'm like, I'm, I'm puttering out to the finish line. I'm like Sabalba right now. Well, that, that might be a good time to, uh, that might be a good time to, to shout out the Patreon then if you're, if you're hurting that bad. <laughs> Patreon.com <laughs> forward slash chatter squad. Rise the ranks. But yeah, uh, that's what I, uh, I kind of do. And like uh, Pete, you were saying with all the stuff behind me, this is all stuff that I've, acquired or gifts basically um that have been added to the set it's literally people giving us star wars stuff like if they come across something they would just buy it like our pop uh figures back there like oh hey you have a podcast so here have this um so a lot of that stuff because the the stuff that i have are like little trinkets that you would barely be able to see like little figures you know old figures or little like uh uh um mcdonald's toys that i kept all these years so i can't really load up the set with that because you would be like i is that like coruscant but it's like a little globe or something i don't know so it's all it's all big stuff here um but yeah that's kind of what i have going on my week not too exciting unfortunately i like that you call your studio apartment the set (laughs) this is the set where i'm pointing right now yeah, and then everything else is my studio apartment. <laughs> this wall, 
this wall is the set. And that's it. Well, what, what about, about you, Pete? Uh, why don't, why don't you go first? Because I have I have quite the uh, the 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 truckload of stuff. So why, why don't you go next? I like the standoff for the second there. What about you, Rick? Well, how do you know that I don't have a truckload of stuff to talk about, Rick? Hmm. hmm? Oh, no. Judge me by my size, do you? Hmm? <laughs> <laughs> Man, I've been saying that my whole life. We Tyler, we met. I'm not that tall. I've been saying that my whole life, Pete. All right, so here's the deal. I'll try and go in chronological order for two weeks. So two weeks ago, I went in to pick up my my comics, and I saw something inside of the Star Wars three and three quarter inch um, case that I had not seen before. And I'm going to pull this up and I'm going to show it to you guys. It is an Attack of the Clones Tuscan Raider female with a Tuscan child, and I am freaking so excited about this because I have never seen this so that's the women and the children that anakin was talking about that he killed the woman and the child that he pluralized on his own at least at least one one of each it was like he he had to brag about it there was one woman and one child and he was like no that doesn't sound right i the women and the children too and he just embellished it all the women and the children that's pretty cool i've never seen a tuscan child figure that that's completely new to me yeah, to me this is this is really cool. And I say this every week, man. It's always just like, man, this is my new favorite figure, but this is this is my new favorite figure, man. I'm I'm pretty excited about it. Um after that, um I did get in the mail my Black Series Phantom Menace Jar Jar Binks. Ooh, oh, nice. Wow. That's a beautiful He's, figure, man. He's I got the it. shield and everything. Yeah, this is a great figure. It's um I almost wish that I had two, man, because the paint on this motherfucking figure is gorgeous. And he's got the shield, uh, the ray shield next to him that takes up his entire, the entire uh, length of his body. And it's just, it's, it's a cool figure. I'm pretty excited about it. And uh, I haven't seen any out in the wild. Um, I had to, I had to run to a few stores today. And once again, every single peg was just empty. I mean, nothing. But Does that, does that figure come with his unending luck as well? God, I hope not. Because <laughs> yeah. I'll send it back. <laughs> and speaking of it arriving, man, you know, um, we always worry about collecting things that come in the mail because they just, they pop in one, the back of it and then throw a bubble on the top. This figure was pristine with a beat up box. Like, and I mean a beat up shipping box. The box yeah. inside oh, is wow. perfect. So I couldn't be happier with that one. Yeah. Could not be happier. Um, the next week, I uh, went to the comic shop and there was a Star Wars pop that I did not have. I was pretty excited about. I do collect Grogu pops and this uh, Mandalorian with the child. Oh. Yeah. This is pretty cool. So uh, that they only got two of those in. I grabbed one of those. And I'm trying to run through this pretty quickly. The only other thing that I got this week uh, was issue number 201 of Star Wars Insider. And if you haven't seen Rick, this is uh, this is the subscription cover. I know there's a bit of a glare on there. But okay. Oh, yeah, I haven't. The Mandalorian. Uh, yeah, I haven't seen that yet. Very cool. Very cool. Now that issue has a uh, a short story from Kevin Scott, correct? I haven't opened this one yet, and uh, the thing about these subscription covers is that they don't have any words on them outside of the title, so um, I have no idea. 
I have no idea yet. This yeah, just I'm, came in the mail yesterday. I'm pretty sure that they did the two with Charles Soule in the last issues. And I think this one it was going to have a story with uh, Kevin Scott. So that's pretty, that's exciting. Very. Are you looking to keep it, keep it in the plastic? No, um, I, I do actually kind of hold on to it though, because I, I'm that, that bag that, that puts jam transmissions as the company when I put in the shipping details. So it says jam transmissions on my magazine sleeve. <laughs> so now I actually, um, as a big comic collector, I do put all of my comics, obviously in bags and boards. I do the same for my magazines. I have magazine size bags, nice. boards, and boxes as well. So, but that's Where my are, week. What about you? Cool. Man, like I said, in the last two weeks have been kind of crazy. Um, first thing I want to get into, um, is, you know, it wasn't something that we talked about a a lot on the show, but I had been out of work for just about six months. And on Tuesday I put in a phone call and on Wednesday morning I went back to work. So (laughs) after six months out, I'm, I'm finally working again. And, uh, my body hurts like hell because six months of inactivity and then going right into a, a construction gig, um, at 40, almost 43 years old, I need to start stretching more, man. Cause I, I felt every minute of my age that first day when I got home man, it was rough, but, um, man, I, congratulations. Congratulations. Yeah. Impressive. Most impressive. And you know, it was like, I was excited to get back in, but then I couldn't sleep the night before I was like, is my alarm going to go off? Am I going to sleep through it? Cause you know, and it was a, it was a company that I had worked for before that I, you know, like maybe two years ago. So I, you know, I knew some of the ins and outs and all of that, but um, yeah, it is exciting to get back into that. And then the like, it was weird because in my head I was like, "Ooh, now that I'm working again, what can I buy?" And I started thinking about like any of the toys that we've missed, and I'm like, "I don't want any of it." So this is perfect. I'm like, "There's a bunch of toys that I'm not that excited about, except for that Black Series Ventress. That's, I think that's the only Black Series figure that I wanted that I don't have yet." Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 that's a good looking figure. Um, but as far as things that I've acquired the last couple of weeks. Um, I did pick up uh, Victory's Price by Alexander Freed. I finished that Wednesday night. Um, we will probably, a little ways down the road, because I know there's some other books we got to talk about, um, we'll we'll get into a, a review eventually. But I will say that of the three books, Victory's Price was my favorite. Um, the emotional core of this story and what these characters went through, um, especially in the last maybe third or so of the book, was... Um, was was very well written it was um it has the the whole of, of part four of this book was was uh had had almost kind of a poetry to the way that it was written because it's uh i don't want to say anything about it but um go pick up uh victory's price um and then filling in a little bit more of the hashtag hardcover army see i like we have a camera now because this is kind of show and tell um i did mm-hmm. finally get a hardcover copy of force collector um from a couple oh. years ago um i've already read it um and um it was fun it's you know kind of a YA book, and um, but I do have that in the collection. Um, my father-in-law sends me sends me uh, a text a couple of days ago, about a little over a week ago, and he says, "Listen, I've got some things for you and Isaac that I'm going to send along. Just let me know when they get there." And uh, so this box came in yesterday, and he sent me a stack of records. Right? See, back oh, in nice. back in the day, music used to come on these big black discs, and Included in here was this Star Wars, a stereo space odyssey. So one side, yeah, is is John Williams, and the other side is uh, some th- 2001 Stanley Kubrick music. So very nice, kind of. Do you have this, Tyler? Is that what you're going to say? 
it, I thought it was it, but it is not. I have an uh, old ripoff version of Star Wars music that's like Star Wars adjacent music that is like royalty free Star Wars on vinyl mm. that looks <laughs> a lot like that. So obviously they knew what they were doing. They were like, let's make kind of Star Wars sounding music and make it look like that record that you just held up. Because I was like, oh, bootleg Star Wars. I have that. Bootleg Star Wars is some of the best Star Wars. I don't know if you ever saw that. There's a knockoff Darth Maul figure, but I think his name is like Doug or something. It was like some some dude made it. <laughs> just, just some random name on it. Um, there's a whole bunch of them. Um, so, right, we, so we got that. Um, I, and then there was also this Empire Strikes Back vinyl in there and on the top it says it says the adventures of luke skywalker the empire strikes back and this is actually it's like story and narration um i haven't listened to it yet so i I can't really speak to everything that's on it it does have john williams music on it obviously so i'm I'm assuming this might be like parts of like what the radio drama might have been um but obviously edit down Mm. because i know the radio drama was like six hours or something but so inside this thing and you guys will see this. There's a big gatefold and there's a ton of pictures from the movie with little captions and stuff. Nothing too exciting there. I'm sorry. I keep moving away from the microphone. But inside was this flyer for the fan club going all the way back to 1980. So it's just, a, you know, eight by mm. 11 and a half sheet of paper. It's got Darth Vader on it and, you know, talks about joining the um, the fan club. And uh, you guys have heard me talk about my fan club card that I got probably in 1984, 1985 was part of the same program. Um, But with this, you get like, you know, exclusive magazines and like the makings, the making of behind the scenes stuff from future Star Wars movies, I think is what it says on here, cast and crew interviews. And, um, you know, there was a contest on here. It was all for the low amount of $5 a month, six Canadian. And uh, you too could be, uh, hashtag not fake fan and be part of the Star Wars fan club. So I got that stuff, right? There's more. There's more. There's more. And I know I'm taking up a bunch of time, but like I just, it's been, there's been a ton of shit. So you guys heard me talking about um, Tim Levin's Star Wars uh, Dawn of the Jedi Into the Void book that I've, you know, read and picked up a couple weeks ago. Now that kind of started up a whole new thing for me. And the book finished. And the Disney buyout happened and they weren't able to continue it, at least in the in the book space. But there's a bunch of comics and, you know, kind of looking online and stuff, those Dawn of the Jedi comics, they're not cheap. So I'm like, that's kind of my mission now is to try to find some of these Dawn of the Jedi comics. There's a shop by where my wife works and just kind of going through back issues. I see Dawn of the Jedi, uh, Force War, number four, I think is his number, issue four. Just sitting in the bin. It was only a couple of bucks. And um, <laughs> as soon as I brought it home, I was like, Anakin, like Revenge of the Sith. What have I done? Because now I have to find every other Dawn of the Jedi comic. And if you look on eBay for what mm-hmm. these things are going for, um, they're not cheap. And I think I got myself in a little bit of trouble. It's like when Michael Morrissey was on with us a couple of weeks ago and he was talking about how he wants to get every Dark Horse floppy uh, Star Wars comic. I'm like, there's only maybe 15 of these issues total or 20 issues total. Cause there were, I think three different miniseries. I just started working and I already feel like a poor man because I know I'm going to go out on the hunt looking for these books. 
So, but that's hey, uh, give give me an idea of how much uh, how much those go for. Um, you know, you can find them, you know, relatively cheap. You know, ten twenty bucks a pop. But you know, the trades are really expensive. Um, but uh, yeah, I know I got there's uh, some book collecting pages that I'm on on Facebook, and the trades are like. I don't know, man. Like they're, they're expensive. I, you know, one guy saw, you know, you, you see what, you know, you see asking prices on eBay and you might see $150 for the first like force war trade. Um, Cause I, again, it, it was right at the end of the, you know, that, uh, that dark horse held the comics license and then they jumped over to Marvel. So I guess the print runs were pretty low on the trades, at least um, single issues. I'll find it's just going to, it's, it's going to take some time. Like I'm not in a big rush to get it. But what was in the book in in the novel kind of led me to thinking like, well, there's more to the story, and now I kind of want to know because the book kind of ends, not necessarily open, but you know, as Star Wars does, there's always lots of dangling threads. So that's my last two weeks of collecting. Um, but last week um, I was also uh, kind of part of the hype for Episode 100. Um, I was asked to guest on the Bad Motivators. And uh, did uh, a full show with uh, Eric and Dallas and Luke over there. Um, that was last week's episode. Uh, and we'll put the link for that in the show notes for anybody that's interested. And we had a great time. And uh, as I said, while I was recording with those guys, Bad Motivators was one of the first shows that I think I subbed to. Um, so they were kind of um, my gateway drug into um, the 60 or so podcasts that I subscribe to, but only listen to some of them now because of time. Um, so uh, thanks to those guys. It was a lot of fun. Uh, hanging out with them, but uh, here we are now, 101. They seem like they seem like they're good motivators then, because they motivated you to listen to Star Wars podcasts. Well, don't tell them that, because especially Dallas, that dude, he's trouble. And Pete, you know he's been on this show, and then what he did in that voicemail. Did did you happen to count how many cocks went anything or no? Forty six. Holy shit! <laughs> what? 46 he had and i remember this i it's funny man i i just remember the most ridiculous stuff but he had 26 gonks in his very first episode that he was here that was episode 14 and he had 46 in a minute and 29 second voicemail i like how uh pete remembers the exact 26 it's like i i saw the number 26 like flashing over his eyes like it's a, a like war memories 26 it took you saw you, you saw that voicemail come in for your hundredth episode, and you were like, "Oh my gosh!" The only out. thing that it said in the email was one single word: "Enjoy." <laughs> I enjoyed Dallas. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, those were some pretty solid weeks overall. But we got a little bit of news to talk about, isn't that right? Yeah, you know, since uh, since we've been out, you know, some things have happened and we're not going to get into everything. Um, I just there's a couple of things I want to touch on. So you guys remember last year, back in January, February, there was the leaked, um, supposedly leaked episode nine, Duel of the Fate script, uh, Colin Trevorrow's script for episode nine. Um, well, that started making yes. the rounds and um, it's... Um, if you haven't read it, it is out online. You can, it's, it's a trip. You know, there were some cool things in it. It's not, um, I don't think it would have made for necessarily a better movie, but it's hard to say just based off the printed word. But um, so a, uh, a fan of sorts, uh, a man by the name of Andrew Weingarner uh, decided to go ahead and adapt that script, that script into a comic book. 
And uh, I believe it's going to be like right now it's all digital. Um, so you, uh, if you do want to check that out and I have either one of you, you guys read that script or is this, is this like all new information for you guys? I, I read parts of it. I saw, you know, the concept art and everything, um, of course, covering it and like the major moments in the script and everything. But I have seen that coming through my timeline is this uh, Duel of the Fates uh, comic book series, which, you know, once again, like I've I've taken a stance on this and a lot of other things, which is because it's usually in the context of like, it would have been better. But mm. my <laughs> my context or, or my like thought on that is just like, well, you know, we're not going to get it though. So why are we kind of pining for something different? However, if someone is taking the time to visualize this story, then maybe it can be the, this cool alternate uh, universe story for them. Um, so more power to the people, especially fans who are creative and wanting an outlet for that creativity. But, um, you know, I didn't, I didn't read the script, but maybe I'll read some of these comics. You know, you, um, my experience with this Duel of the Fates script is pretty much the same as yours. Um, it, it's funny, you talked about uh, how the general reception, kind of, or not the general reception, but there is that voice around it that says, this is what we could have had, this would have been better. Is because of that uh, sort of reception that I saw around this script being quote-unquote leaked that I chose not to read it. I felt like I didn't, I was like, I don't, I don't give a shit. Now, here's the thing. I saw this this link that that Rick sent to me, this comic book, and I went I went through it, and I'll tell you what, it looks really good. And I just kind of flipped through it. The art is fantastic. Um, I think now that some time has passed, I think I will check it out. I think um, you know, like you said, if somebody's gonna sit there and put all that effort into this, Maybe it can't be all bad and I can just kind of go into it as a, you know, take it for what it is and no big deal. What did you think of it, Rick? Um, well, I, I read the script when it leaked initially. I, I remember sitting in the living room with my laptop open, reading this thing and kind of like, oh, wow. Oh, they were going to do that. Oh, wow. And, you know, just kind of changes and, you know, and some things that, you know, people kind of wanted, like uh, more of a Stormtrooper Rebellion kind of stuff. And that, you know, I'm, I don't want to get too deep in the weeds with with what's in there. Maybe one day we will. We'll do a breakdown episode in the future. Maybe. But, that might be fun. Yeah. Um, there is one line in the script that kind of got uh, picked apart a little bit. And again, it's a script line. It's not dialogue or anything like that. But in this, in the story or in the script, General Hux, he, uh, okay, so he kills himself, right? He essentially falls on a sword. Um, but the line that's written in the script is that's when he realized uh, he truly lost the Star War. That's a line. That's a line. Oh, in the yeah, script. yeah, yeah. And I was going through the <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> it's the most ridiculous line. And I get it. It's more of like to convey an emotion in a script. It would have appeared nowhere on the screen if it was in the if the movie had been made, it would have been you know, a tight shot on his face or something of him showing some kind of a realization without, without context really. But what, anyway. Yeah. I'm not going to read it now after you told me. No, that. no, no. That's, you have, this... you have to read it because yeah, you know what? <laughs> that part of the script is not in the comic as of what's out because there six issues are done in the comic, but the seventh is not 
obviously that happens more towards the end of the story. So that's what I, I was looking for that right away of like, where is that part? How is he going to adapt that part in the comic? And I, and I didn't see it only because that one line of scripted text, again, not dialogue is just, it's there. And I wanted to see how it's done. I, I do like guys, if you're curious about it and you want kind of insight of what the creative process was, what they decided to leave behind, go and read it. Cause it is, it is entertaining. It's not terrible. Um, it, it, but it, it is different. Um, so that's about all I'm going to say about the duel of the fate script. Cool. It kind of feels like, you know, he was going to say, someone was going to say, you know, you now realize you've lost the star war and then the curb your enthusiasm theme was going to come in. (laughs) And that's the end of episode nine. And if that happened, I would be like, Hey, it was, it's gutsy. (laughs) They tried something new. Go go read it, guys. You can find it. The co- we'll put a link for the comics so you can you can read that the version of it that's there. And they took some risks with the comics. There are some some cool things in there. Whether or not it would have made for a better movie is up to your personal opinions. We're not going to talk about that stuff here since not all of us have read it. Um, but uh, I do I, all like criticisms aside of whatever we feel about the movies. I give this guy all the credit in the world for for wanting to see this thing through and put it out, you know, essentially on his own dime is what it seems like. Um, so again, there'll be a link for that in the notes. Um, this week um, we did have uh, some unfortunate news. Two of the Mandalorian kind of tie-in books were canceled um, by um, Del Rey and DK press. Uh, the Mandalorian novel uh, that was to be written by Adam Christopher um, is being shelved. And the visual dictionary for the Mandalorian is also um, being put on hold right now, essentially. And the the releases that they put out basically say, like, listen, due to the ever growing nature of what the Mandalorian has become, we've decided to not do these things. And, you know, a lot of speculation came up about, you know, why are they doing this and what's behind it? Um, There was an article written in io9. Again, this will be in our show notes that basically said, like, Guys, the Mandalorian got bigger than they had anticipated. And now there's essentially three or four other spinoff shows that are going to culminate in this other thing. And maybe it's a disservice to focus on these stories or do this visual dictionary now um, with things kind of in flux. Now, what we feel about what may be coming for season three and if there were any rewrites and, you know, because there's a lot of talk, obviously, about what happened with uh, Cardoon. um, I don't think any of that is a part of the reason why they did this, you know, Cara Dune can live on the page. She can live in the comics um, without the actress being involved, um, regardless of what our opinions are of her. Um, and if they were really wanted to distance themselves from uh, the Cara Dune character, it's a quick edit in the visual dictionary just to, okay, well, let's just chop these pages out. Um, if they have to pay like likeness royalties or things like that. Um, so I know for us as, you know, we're big book readers. I'm really disappointed in the fact that Adam Christopher is not writing this book. Um, but they did say he is going to be writing something else with them in the future. So, um, Pete thoughts on, uh, on this cancellation of books. Well, I'm happy that they're going to continue working with Adam Christopher. Um, I really enjoyed his book, his stranger things novel. I think it's called into the darkness something like that. Maybe it's just cause I've read into the dark, but, um, I, uh, I, I do think that it's a little strange for them to cancel visual dictionary aside the novel. I think that that's very strange because what, if their reason 
for for canceling this book is it's got gotten bigger than we expected it to so this book no longer makes sense it kind of seems a little strange for the story group to kind of step on their own toes in that way it almost kind of shows that you know they they were expecting the story to go this way but now they're changing their mind after a year of this book being written and then being delayed another year it certainly seems a little odd so i feel like there are there are reasons out there that we don't know and we probably never will know but it, it just seems it seems a little little short to kind of say oh it's, it got bigger than we expected it to i have no idea what it could be it's just got me scratching my head a little bit Tyler. Yeah. Um, a big thing I think is, uh, you know, the book can't had have Ludwig's, uh, amazing soundtrack to it. So I think they, they felt like they were losing something out of that because unless, unless as you read, you had the musical notes written out, uh, uh, next to the words, uh, it would make it feel much more like the Mandalorian when it comes to having a character that, uh, you know, might not be a part of the show anymore. And, uh, you know, if it's this whole big distancing from it, I don't really see that that as the case because of just how things have been done with star Wars before. Like you were saying, Rick characters live on the page, you know, characters live, uh, in, in, comics and in books and even in cartoons and all that type of stuff. So I don't think that they would, because of, you know, this recent, these recent events say, all right, we're nixing everything. It feels more so like, I kind of like you were saying of like, you know, I see now I'm kind of backtracking because it's not like they're, you know, this got away from us. So we got to, we got to change the fact because it's, it's too popular now. I think it's just, once again, I, I my my brain is clouded and my 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 thoughts are on my mother. Um, <laughs> but no, I think that uh, <laughs> my uh, my th- <laughs> uh, I, I think when it comes down to it, uh, it's the fact that there are going to be all these spinoff shows that will all kind of convene into a big event, whatever that means. Um, so it might be that, that like, Hey, let's flesh out some of these side characters a little bit more. And then it's like, actually it's the most popular thing in the world. Quick. We got to make shows around it. It's like, Oh, well that might clash with these other stories that we have going on. So that, that's what I would say in a, in a nice rambling Anakin type of way. That's what I would, <laughs> would agree with. Yeah. That's, that's been my thinking is that, you know, cause originally the book was supposed to come out towards the end of last year. You know, the announcement initially came out in June that there was this whole slate of Mandalorian, you know, tie-in books and comics and things like that. And, you know, we we found out about the delay. It was going to be almost a year. And it almost seems like behind the scenes, Disney and Lucasfilm talking about what shows they may want to do that were connected kind of put a halt on uh, Adam Christopher's writing. You know, maybe they said, well, hold on, maybe we have these things that are in the works, but they're not finalized yet. So sit tight on what you have. Um, Let's see what does filter through and what we are actually going to make and what characters are going to be involved. Once that's decided, maybe you can pick up where you are. And he may have been too far along in the writing process with whatever his story was going to be at the direction of the story group or in collaboration with the story group. Um, And at that point they said, you know, we can't use this because X, Y, Z. 
Um, you know, the season three was going to go in a single, you know, one direction book of Boba Fett's doing a thing, Ahsoka, Rangers of the New Republic. All of these shows are much bigger than this one singular story, but they are connected and, you know, they are going to overlap in different ways. So, you know, who knows? Um, I, I do want for Adam Christopher to get a chance to tell another Star Wars story. He did have the one short story in from a certain point of view, Empire Strikes Back. And um, mm. I think he deserves to uh, to be able to write more. And, you know, who knows? Maybe he'll tell us, you know, kind of bare bones what this book was um, was supposed to be um, without, you know, breaking any any rules. Is you know the the, the the house of mouse is going to come, you know, knock on his door or something. So, I think you forgot uh, Frog Lady the musical. That's another yeah, that's the uh, other Mandalorian spinoff they're doing. Yeah. <laughs> You know, maybe we'll get the leaked Adam Christopher script and somebody will make a comic about that, too. Yeah. (laughs) Just so many potential uh, comic writers, just like anytime something's canceled, they're like, oh, oh, okay, maybe, maybe. Yeah, it'll just mysteriously show up. Um, But moving away from that, you know, from from one book thing to another book character, let's talk about our friend Thrawn for just a second here. So uh, Collider, uh, Stephen Weintraub, was uh, interviewing Benedict Cumberbatch a couple of days ago. And he asked him about people fan casting uh, him, Benedict Cumberbatch as Thrawn. Now, who exactly his response was, (laughs) was. yeah, his response was essentially, I have, I've never, I've never heard that name. I have, I'm too busy. I haven't even seen the Mandalorian yet. Um, and Stephen Weitrop gave him basically like um, a description of what Thrawn looks like and how popular the character has been over the last 30 years. And Benedict Cumberbatch said, uh, yeah, no, um, there's no way I'm sitting in a, in a chair. I'm, I'm paraphrasing, by the way, and my English accent is exactly what it sounds like coming yeah. out of my mouth. So this is British. Um, he, um, he just said, he's like, I'm not sitting in a makeup chair um, for hours on end to be blue because that's going to take time away from me and my family. And um, there's the part of me that's kind of, um, you know, you know, good for you. You know what I mean? Like, you know where your priorities are. You've got, you know, your family that you want to, uh, you, you want to be with things like that. And there's, there's another side of me that, that kind of looks at some fan reactions and it's like, what do you mean? You don't know who Thrawn is. He's the biggest character that was never on screen. And it's like, guys, Star Wars is a pretty small thing when it comes to our level of fandom and I'm not trying to say that in a, in a preachy way, but it's like if he's never read the books or watched, you know, Rebels, essentially, I mean, how how would he know? That's something I, I, I can never really get behind is that like, like, wait, you don't know everything that I know about this very particular thing? You know, I, I, this is like a random thing, but I, I believe it was with uh, Billie Eilish on like a, a, a like a late night talk show and talking about van halen and she's like i don't i don't know who van halen is and everyone's like she doesn't even know who van halen is and it's like sure not everybody knows every band not and now this is even more obscure Mm -hmm. yes benedict cumberbatch might not be the biggest fan of eu old eu content is that like crazy to think about i don't think so It, it it makes sense but as i said on our show recently the you know my show uh it does also feel very uh like like what someone would say if they were in the role and they were just nick like putting a nix to it completely like oh no 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 i don't know who you're talking about i don't know who you're talking thrawn the blue guy i mean uh not 
blue. I mean, you said blue, right? You know, like just like kind of nixing the whole idea altogether. I don't think so because I, I personally don't necessarily think Benedict is the best to play Thrawn, but uh, it's just kind of funny to think about it in that way. Like, well, well, if he was Thrawn, what would he say to that? He wouldn't just say, yes, I am Thrawn. Like he, he wouldn't, he wouldn't uh, Tony Stark it and say, I, yes, I am Iron Man. Uh, so I, it's, it's, it's fun to kind of guess like, what would somebody say if someone was dead on with a random character like that? What if he asked him and Benedict Cumberbatch, I feel like solo every time I say his name and I'm like, well, that's too long. I'm like, we have to come up with a nickname. I'm never going to say that. We need a nickname for Benedict Cumberbatch. Um, Dickie. What if he, there you go. <laughs> what if, what if Stephen Weintraub asked him about it and his response was perhaps perfect oh jeez perhaps <laughs> and if he said it and if he made those s's extra long perhaps that would be code would to be all of us oh <gasps> yeah it's dicky dicky's gonna be thrown <laughs> dicky comebatch oh no oh no i didn't re- i didn't realize how perfect that was is there gonna be a gonk for that no, or not, did not i not for that one okay it would be gonky oh. gonk 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 batch gonky gonk batch. <laughs> Ask your parents what that means. Perfect. Okay, so that's that's essentially the news that we uh, we've chosen to talk about this week. Um, and since Tyler's here, and I know you know having been friends and things that we've talked about kind of behind the scenes, and with the Chatter Squadron YouTube channel, you sir enjoy video games just as much as Pete and I do. So we figured mm-hmm. since we got you here, we want to talk a little bit about the video game space. And it's not something that we talk about a lot, um, but we're going to touch on a couple of things. So first of all, the one thing I want to bring up is you were streaming uh, Republic Commando a couple of months ago on the YouTube channel, uh, yeah. but but I don't believe you finished it. Mm-mm. You did not. Nope. You, no. you got me on that one. A, a little thing called Force Fest started to take up all my free time. Understood. Understood. So since since the last time you've streamed and now, we got the announcement that a new updated uh, or remastered version of Republic Commando is going to be coming out on some of the consoles, or, or maybe just uh, PS4, PS5. Um, will you be getting the updated version? And B, my son wanted to ask you, will you continue to stream? Because he was watching with me. So, okay. So when it comes to streaming games, I would totally love to do it more. Um, And I think I'm going to be doing it once I buy the new Xbox because it has a streaming mode into it. My current Xbox one, the, the, the rigmarole I had to do by putting a USB into it and then putting all the files onto the USB and then taking those files and then the files from the camera and then the audio file and matching them all up. Nah, I want to live stream it, like live, live stream it uh, uh, to do it again, because it's one of my favorite games of all time and also of, of Star Wars. But I yeah, I, I love video games because, like I said, with older uh, 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 brothers and everything, I watch them play video games. And then finally, like that, the, the Xbox era and all that you know, I got Lego Star Wars and then I got Force Unleashed and then I got all these things. So that was kind of this, this, you know, you, like I talked about before, you have this wealth of what Star Wars is, the galaxy far, far away, but then you go and live it out, especially in Force Unleashed. Uh, <laughs> but 
when it comes to playing video games, I really want to do it again because it, it's it's something that I enjoy watching. I enjoy watching people play video games. It's probably because for the first, what, like eight years of my life, I wasn't allowed to touch video games because of my brothers. Uh, so I, I like watching that type of stuff. And I like also being able to, to give people that story of, say, Republic Commando. Let them experience the story for themselves one way or another. So uh, however I can get those stories out there, I want to try and do it. So tell Isaac that... I have him in mind now to push me to uh, get this moving forward. Taxes. I need them. <laughs> what about you, Pete? Are you going to be picking up the uh, the updated version? Or do you, do you have the old version of Republic Commando? I don't have the old version of it, but I do have the Steam port of the old version. And okay. I am going to be picking up the uh, the remaster of it. it. It's an HD remaster. Is that is that what it is? I do believe so. And everything looks to be the same as far as you know, what the game is. Um, it's just kind of uh, being I kind of upscaled. I don't know about what I would call like a full remaster, but it looks like it's being upscaled um, and formatted for uh, the new consoles and things like that. So, and I know it was, who was it? Um, is it one up the company that did the physical versions of games uh, like a year or two ago? They were put, they had like a PS4 uh, edition of, um, Bounty Hunter, and uh, oh, you know what I'm talking about. Yes, uh, I don't know what the the company is, but yeah, there there has been a lot of remasters recently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I was actually streaming the uh, the updated Bounty Hunter last week, um, which is a it, it's crazy to go back to that game. That's uh, it, it's 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 amazing how games have changed so much in the last decade and a half. Honestly, and even the decade and a half before that, how games have changed. Uh, but I believe that the other ones, because I picked them all up to um, Jedi Academy with Kyle Katarn. I think that that's the third one in that uh, in that whole that whole story. There it is. And then, unopened, I see. Jedi Academy. There no, you go. This is this is. I bought this from a uh, Hollywood video that was going out of business. Nice. So this is a Hollywood video uh, Jedi Academy. Sorry to interrupt, but yes. Oh, no, no, that's very cool. That's there. very cool. And then <laughs> the only other one that came out, I believe, is is the uh, upscale of Jedi Starfighter. And those are the only ones that I know about. Well, we also got uh, the pod racing uh, game was updated yeah. recently. Yeah. Um, uh, so a lot of really cool remasters, which I appreciate because, like I talked about before, great stories in those games, but also uh, like when you're struggling for like, what games can we release? What can we, you know, get that gaming revenue with? It's like, guys, you have far too many games already that you can just remaster and put out there. Uh, not to not go crazy, like put it in the unreal engine and spend hundreds of thousands of dollars to do it, but like tighten it up a little bit and make it available for more people to play. Like that I feel is extremely uh, acceptable. And like Pete, you were saying how games have changed so much. When I was playing uh, Republic Commando, it was like, oh, man, this is so much slower than I'm used to as a first person shooter. Oh, boy. Like I'm trying like I'm like trying to whip around to shoot somebody. And it's just like, mm, bop, 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 bop. I'm like, oh, Lordy, this is this is a struggle. 
Yeah, you don't even have the options on some of these older games to change the sensitivity of the camera. And for instance, on that Bounty Hunter game, you don't you can invert the y-axis but the x-axis is automatically inverted which is not the way that i ever play any game and then you do not have the option to change it oh that's very that is very strange it was it was pretty uh pretty difficult to play that game so yeah it's 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 fun to look back on some of those games you know while we're on that why don't we kind of take a look back on like some of our favorite games you know um I know I've played tons of Star Wars games since I was a little kid, so I, I could talk about this all day. I would like to go first with my uh, uh, m- my favorite Star Wars games, maybe my favorite games of all time. Uh, so I- I'm doing like a countdown, but I'm starting with number one. Uh, count back. Uh, count back. It is Battlefront and Battlefront 2, the originals yeah. uh, from back in the day. Um Galactic Conquest was like this amazing, <laughs> beautiful thing in my life as a Star Wars fan because it's like, like I said, you live in the Star Wars universe in your head, and then it's like, in Galactic Conquest, you can take over the galaxy with your troops. And I'm like, that's what I want to do. Like, this is perfect. So, Galactic Conquest was amazing. A lot of the maps were amazing, especially uh, Bespin, Cloud City. I loved the, like, uh, you know, and also, side note, you get really good at this game very quickly, kind of. And then you're basically God mode anytime you play it with the NPCs, but you just feel great doing it. And it's kind of endless. And then Battlefront uh, 2, because mm. you could sprint. Mm-hmm. Isn't that kind of crazy to think about back in the day? Like mm. sprinting as your character was a big feature. And so thus, like, <laughs> it's like, you know, do I want to? run really slowly but be able to play in cloud city yeah why not but yeah. uh uh battlefront 2 and battlefront 2's galactic conquest even though it didn't have the guy saying galactic conquest uh is amazing because it's a it's the entire galaxy basically and you're fighting against the other people as they're taking over planets and then you have to go take over planets destroy their ships to take over other planets and and conquer the galaxy and oh my gosh probably hundreds maybe thousands of hours honestly that was something uh johnny trowbridge and i when we first started uh like when we were like 15 when we first started hanging out we played battlefront 2 and played galactic conquest over and over we would sit down in his basement and play and beat an entire galactic conquest in like four hours but that was that was the thing but I will say, I apparently I bought this for forty four ninety nine back in the day, used, used, no doubt, wow. yeah. But yeah, and then I and then I got the platinum hits version of Battlefront the original. But yeah, those are my. I mean, I could probably pop it in right now and just play Galactic Conquest. To be honest, that's a really good game. I re- the first time that I ever got my hands on that first battlefront i was working in my brother's comic shop i think it was two that game came out like 2005 2006 something like that and um one of our customers came in and he he kept bugging me about getting it i was like i don't have the money to you know i don't have 44.99 to spend on a used game right now and he lent (laughs) it to me he lent it to me and that game was incredible i i can't remember 
how long it took me to beat it. I don't love it as much as you do, but man, <laughs> I had a real good time with it. I just remember how mind blowing it was. Like what you can, you can be in an ATSST. Oh, oh, wait, wait, wait. You can play as like all these different things. There's so many characters. How are you going to kill all these people? Like it was, it was just massive and not many games were games where you were literally fighting against like a hundred people, uh, in a basic kind of battle royale style. But uh, yeah, it did come out. It looks like in 2004, 2004. the first one. Rick, you got a favorite? I, I do. I've, I've got a couple of favorites, but I want to say this. Like Tyler, you mentioned how old you were when the Phantom Menace came out. Way back in the beginning of the episode. Yep. How old were you when you played your first Star Wars video game? Oh, uh, I, I mean, I would probably say close to around there. Uh, because you know, probably picked up the controller a couple times, or uh, used my brother's uh, you know gaming joystick to play Tie Fighter uh, on the on his PC, maybe. But the game that I remember trying to figure out at like like that, like seven, eight years old or so, was Christmas getting Episode One for PlayStation, the original PlayStation. Mm-hmm. And it was just like like that top down type of thing that is in my memory as the first game trying to figure out like going it through the Neomodian ship in the duck system and fighting the droid because like it was so hard because I was mm. a child. <laughs> so it would probably be episode one would be the first one that I did. OK, well, I'm going to I'm going to show my age here. First, I'm going to say this <laughs> when episode one came out. When Phantom Menace came out, I was 21 years old. So back in my day, <laughs> back in my day, yeah, video like games, young were whippersnapper, books. yeah, video <laughs> games were books. So um, no, all right. So again, showing my age, and and I I've mentioned this before, just online and stuff. The very first Star Wars video game that I ever played is one that, if I can get my hands on it now, and I'm sure I could with an emulator, it would probably bore the hell out of me, but I still love it. My uncle. When I was very little, um, had an Atari, probably the 2600, if I'm remembering correctly. And I, rem- I distinctly remember playing Empire Strikes Back um, on his old Atari, where, you know, it was your, your basic side scroller. Yeah, it was your, your side scroller. You were the snow speeder. You had to trip up the ad at, you know, do all of that kind of stuff. Very basic. Um, but something about the, for me, it's like the old school kind of, you know, first gen one and a half gen of games like really captured me at the time it was you know it, we i talked about this with bad motivators like the difference between how we consume things now as far as like how kids interact with toys where you know toys don't sell as much as they do because kids don't play with toys the same way it's like mm-hmm. you know we we had what was put in front of us and then we had to use our imaginations to fill in the gaps where now somebody else's imaginations are being kind of you know, poured into your head, you know, you games are more lifelike. Now they're more immersive. And I'm, I'm not saying that as a criticism, it's just the progression of the technology. It makes for a more immersive experience. And the old game set that we had then, and even going into kind of like the Nintendo super Nintendo era, there were still some gaps you had to fill in, you know, like the ad at on the old Atari game didn't look like the ad at on in the movie. You know, it was a bunch of just, you know, gray squares that you had to kind of knock down, get that cat out of here. That's enough of that. Um, Dude. Speaking of conquering the ad ad, you need to trip up those legs. I'm happy. I'm happy you could see this battle. I'm sorry for the <laughs> listeners for not being able to see. It's something that will be talked about in the annals of history right now. Yes. Yeah. 
Um, but uh, so get, getting back into games. Um, yeah, so I mean, that's that's my first experience with Star Wars game is going back to the 82 um, Empire Strikes Back. And I remember then after Return of the Jedi came out, there used to be uh, an arcade not too far, too far away from us called Friar Tucks in um, like Calumet City, uh, just south of Chicago. And uh, they had um, uh, the Return of the Jedi cabinet. And my God, that game is hard. And now we have, uh, you guys have both seen it. I have an arcade cabinet in my uh, in my living room, much like Pete does in his basement there. But it's got a lot of games built into it. And it's got the Super Star Wars, Super Empire Strikes Back, and Return of the Jedi in it. And it's got that Return of the Jedi. where you, I mean, the game starts with you on speeder bikes. And yeah. With it the is rocks. So, yeah, it is so hard. Um, I, I'm... The one thing I'm glad about having a cabinet and not a console to play on is that I can't throw the cabinet where I could throw a controller before. Right. Yeah. It's so Is that why you're so sore? Is that why you're so sore you threw your cabinet? I threw the cabinet multiple times. uh, But, you know, I I think about those kinds of games and how how hard they were and how games now are built where you could play on your Jedi Master role um, or, you know, or difficulty setting. Or you can get into just I'm just in it for the story and just want to experience it and, and kind of run through it that way. And I like that that's an option now to play it just like I'm just I just want to run through the story and do the thing um, without having to be ultra challenged, you know, because gaming, it seems to have gotten to a place where it used to be if you were at the arcade in front of the cabinet, you were the guy that dominated whatever it was and everybody else put their quarters up and you played on a single quarter all day long. And, you know, somebody brought you a Pepsi mm-hmm. and a styrofoam cup. Remember styrofoam cups, kids. Um, <laughs> and now it's, it, it's similar in that where if you have, uh, <laughs> if you like, there are some players where if you don't complete a game on kind of the expert or the master level, you're almost seen as like less than if you just run through a story mode. And I'm like, for my part, it's kind of bullshit. Um, enjoy the game, how you want to enjoy the game. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if, what, and it, it, cause it's not a statement on a skill level. It's just, it's how you want to experience it. If you want to be challenged, you do it on a harder setting than you're normally used to. If you want to experience the story, especially with the star Wars game, since they're trying to keep canon with these things. And there's a lot of canon junkies like myself who just not, I'm not saying I just want to run through the game for story, but I do want to be challenged. There are some people who just want to run through story and get the beats out of it and know what's going on with characters. And there's nothing wrong with that. Um, That's just something that noobs say. I know. It, it, it's a really shitty thing. It, it, it's gatekeeping in another form. So if, if you think that way, you can eat shit. Um, but another game I want to talk about, and one that was kind of like a, a pivot moment for me, um, when Shadows of the Empire came out, that was in that time of the EU when like things were so dense with, with content and material, things were coming out and the shadow of the empire release was not just the game. There was the book. And then there was like, I think a soundtrack that came out and then comics. And then there was actually in like, um, like an audio drama version of shadows of the empire that was released. And it was this whole big like initiative around this game. And I remember playing the game and, really enjoying how that game felt, you know, flying around in the, uh, in the outrider. Um, some of those battles, I think the, the IG 88 fight 
was uh, was really frustrating. I think there was a Boba Fett fight in that game too. That was all. That was really frustrating because mm-hmm. all he did was kind of fly around. Mm-hmm. Um, it was really hard to shoot. But I like what that story brought, or what that game brought about in the story aspect, since it filled in the gap between Empire and Return of the Jedi. They kind of gave you that. Uh, well, you know what happens with these characters in, in the in between. Um, so I really like that game for that that filling in of the gaps. So. I've rambled out for long. Also, you had a killer vest in that game. You did. It was kind of the uh, the '90s comic book, the Rob Liefeld, uh, too many pockets and you know pouches kind of thing. Um, That was Dash Rendar. Looks like a life jacket, basically. Yeah, from Back to the Future. (laughs) Was it was a life vest? But Pete, what about you, man? Favorite games? I'm kind of right in between you guys as far as age. So it, uh, kind of along the, the lines of Empire Strikes Back, my generation's first Empire Strikes Back game came on the Super Nintendo. Super Empire Strikes Back. That was my favorite game. Also one of the most difficult games that I remember playing. Um, I did actually beat that game. That is the only of the Super Star Wars games that I was able to beat. Um Aside scrolling action, you you were able to use your lightsaber on a tauntaun. Mm. Uh, the most memorable sound on there is do 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 whenever you die because it's oh. so damn hard. Aside from that, I think you know if I wanted to give a top three in no particular order after this, I really enjoyed on the PlayStation One Jedi Power Battles. And wow. that's a game, yeah, that's a game that gets shit on by a lot of people, but that is a lot of fun. It's almost an arcade style game where you could choose, you could be between five Jedi um, and play through the story of the Phantom Menace. You can be Qui-Gon Jinn, um, Obi-Wan Kenobi, Adi Gallia, Plo Koon. And Yaddle? And somebody else. It was Yaddle. No. I was going to say it was Yaddle. I wish. Yeah. Um, and aside from that, um, I probably would go with PlayStation two starfighter. Um, you play as Reese Dallows, you get to fly in and, and an, uh, a Naboo N one starfighter. Uh, it's a, it's kind of, it's a flight simulator, first person flight simulator. Um, going back to the game, it is certainly not aged well, but it was without a doubt. Some of the most fun that I had on the PS two period. Um, so those are those are my three. I, I was sitting there thinking about it while you guys were talking. So that's that's kind of those are my jams right there. My number two is the Force Unleashed. I had mentioned it earlier, and I kind of uh, you know spoiled that. But uh, yeah, the Force Unleashed because that was kind of in, like I said with the Phantom Menace game. First time trying to figure out games and stuff. And then, of course, Lego Star Wars is always fantastic. But The Force Unleashed was like, you know, I was a teenager at this point. This game is just wrecking people with a lightsaber and just picking up stormtroopers and just throwing them wherever they land. Um, And it was just fantastic. I, I just loved just having a lightsaber and being able to move that way you know uh the the acrobats you can do the the different force abilities and just hack and slash and then the story of course i mean people go back to the story all the time that's why people want uh star killer to be in star wars at some point 
uh, I don't think that's possible at all. But, you know, I understand why, because the story was so interesting and you felt, I, I think that was, uh, as you alluded to, like with Shadows of the Empire, there's a lot of stuff where like s- games would fill in story gaps, but this was such like a major story gap that was canon at the time where it's like, did you know Darth Vader had an apprentice that he was mm. secretly planning to overflow, uh, overthrow uh, the Emperor with? And then the apprentice helps put together the Rebel Alliance. And then the Rebel Alliance insignia is because of the, the uh, you know, Galen Merrick's family crest. And like, like it was just huge as a Star Wars fan being like, what? I'm like playing a movie now with the graphics with the story and with all the characters that were involved it felt very cinematic and it holds a very very uh you know close place in or special place in my heart i would say for force unleashed the force unleashed was like a re-entry point for just video gaming in general for me because you know there were a couple of years where i kind of walked away from it and it was only because of you know, age and other interests, you know, I was, you know, in the workforce at that time. Well, if you want to call DJing at a punk rock bar, being in the workforce. Um, But, you know, video game time was, was, was a little bit different, but when the force unleashed came out, it was like, I remember seeing, I think it was a video on, or like a review on, um, I forget what cable 10 was like G4 or one of those kinds of shows where it was like, all dude stuff all yeah, the time. Before, and the, probably. Yeah. It was like, you know, all testosterone. Let's just it's everywhere. And they, they were talking about it <laughs> and it was like, um, they were talking about how you could just throw stormtroopers and the game opens up with you as Vader throwing Wookiees everywhere. And to, and it said how the characters, yep. the, how they interact with the space around them. So like no two characters will smash the wall in the same way because of, you know, game physics and whatever. Um, but you're right, Tyler, the, the way that that game broke that story down uh, was really interesting. And it also gave you the choice to kind of like play the character a certain way, kind of more light side or dark side. And, you know, you end up spoilers for an almost 20 year old game. Um, you know, you kind of <laughs> haul off against the empire. And like, that's the big problem with, with Galen Merrick is that he's video game powered. He's not, you know, more logistically powered, I guess, for, for lack of a better term. So there's no way an apprentice of an apprentice could fight the emperor and hold his own. Um, which I guess, mm-hmm. you know, that could allude to things for a sequel trilogy. We're not going to get into that, but the, the story, the gameplay, the dynamics, the physics of the game were really cool. It was something that we hadn't seen before. Um, and then the sequel came out and then that really didn't live up to, what the first game was, unfortunately. Nah, so I'm, I'm nah, right there with nah. you with the force, with the force. Only. I love that game. There there's only one of those games. Unfortunately, the second one never came out. Uh, no, I, <laughs> I, I still enjoyed the second one actually, believe it or not. It's just the, the thing for me was I was just let down on how short it was. It was about a four hour campaign. Um, mm-hmm. and they ran into a bunch of issues. It wasn't on purpose. And I know that, but, um, I still enjoyed playing it again getting back into that role and having two lightsabers but uh yeah force unleashed major one for me going backwards in my my countdown really kind of screwed me because now it's like here's the one i'm lukewarm on no uh it's republic commando is my third one uh i love it 
uh, I never was, I don't know if I was allowed or I just didn't have it, but I didn't have Halo. I wasn't allowed to have a lot of things. So I'm trying to remember if it was one or the other, but I didn't have Halo um, until once again, playing at Johnny Trowbridge's house, but I didn't have Halo and uh, Republic Commando was like the closest thing to that. It was basically Halo for, for Star Wars, but it's more than that because it was a gritty first person shooter. However, you had to do a lot of squad tactics. You had to order your squads in different locations and everything. And you felt like you were part of the the greater Star Wars story, even if it was a more ground level thing, which I appreciate majorly with, with Star Wars stories is kind of more ground level things. So I love that. I love it for that nature of like, this is what's going on while Anakin and Padme are doing their thing. And, you know, there's Senate meetings and all this other stuff. There's these troops who are on meetings, right? Aggressive negotiations. Um, (laughs) But there's, there's these things going on where soldiers are doing real work and it's really cool to see. And like I said, at the time it was similar to force unleashed where it's like, I'm playing out like, this is what happened in the clone wars. Because, because let's think about that. We, the Clone Wars, I think, at the time that we had was the Cartoon Network Samurai Jack Clone Wars that were five-minute shorts, which I still love. However, that doesn't really give you the whole idea of what the Clone Wars was, but Republic Commando sure gave you an idea of what the Clone Wars were like. So um, huge for me. And before before we move on, I do like a lot of the new games a lot. Um especially like the first Battlefront, even though a lot of people didn't like that from EA. I really liked it because I was good at kind of cheating the system and getting a lot of kills. But I I really enjoyed a lot of those games. It's just it, they don't have the magic like these other uh, games did for me because of being young and being interested and being engaged and all that. So um, I, I do like a lot of the new games with those old ones are just they live in my brain forever. Well, I was going to say, you know, the um, the progression of video games has led me to probably my favorite Star Wars video game, and it's it's something that's a little more recent. Fallen Order, yeah, just blew my mind for what a video game could be in the Star Wars space. You know, a lot of people had issues with um, the Battlefront Two rollout, and which is completely understandable. The idea of loot boxing and stuff like that. Uh, in a game that people just want to enjoy and have fun was, um, you know, borderline illegal, but uh, all all around just, just, just the wrong move to make. But um, my video gaming experience, like from kind of point A to point B makes a ton of sense. My son asked me all the time, like, dad, what's your favorite video game? And for me, it's always going to be the very first Legend of Zelda game. That was mm. the first like real, real adventure game that I played. You know, there was puzzle solving. You could run around that entire world, you know, not get into hidden spaces for reasons, but you had to find these dungeons. You had to find these underground layers where kind of, I don't want to say the real meat of the story was, but that's where the real conflict was, was in these dungeons, in these other layers. So going from that point in 1986 to you know, where we were in 2019 when Fallen Order came out, it was, in my brain, it was a similar gaming experience. It was this, this big, gigantic world, this gigantic space 
with this very grandiose story set within this world. And, you know, we can set, you know, comparisons of like, well, Hyrule is a very kind of a small space. And you know what? Yes, there's this larger galaxy of what Star Wars is. But Hyrule for me was essentially like the story of what, you know, this one character was and kind of what his ordeal was in this uh, kind of isolated space in the timeline. And it took a little bit of time for me to get into the game only because I didn't buy it at launch. And um, running through that game and seeing what, um, forgive me, I'm, I'm forgetting the uh, the character, but what's his name? Link? Cal Kestis. Cal Kestis, thank you very much. Yeah, it was Link. Link is in Star Wars. No, um, playing as Cal Kestis. Um, well, I, I was wondering what uh, what direction you were going. Like, which game? Wait, no, 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 no. Link? Yes. Do you not remember Link? Oh, no. <laughs> no, no, of course not. You really are showing your um, age. I am. I am. Yes, I'm losing. I've killed so many brain cells just in this podcast. Um, but part of the part of the hype for the game goes back to celebration because when we went, we didn't go. We weren't able to go to Friday, but when when we went Saturday, um, we had the first thing we did was go into the Fallen Order panel. Um, so when we walked in. We the like it was like three or four seconds after we sat down, it was here's some extended gameplay footage and a trailer, and we got to see some of that and it was really cool. We were way in the back, like up in the nosebleeds in the auditorium, um, and then they brought out the uh, the purge troopers came out on the stage and all of that. Yes. So like the hype level for me was real. I was like, oh, I got to check this game out. And then getting into it, loving how they changed the. Uh, for lack of a better term, because there is a real one, but kind of how the skill tree works in the game. You know, you can, it was so different from what we got in a game like The Force Unleashed, where it's kill X amount, gain new ability. This game is, you know, earn enough skill points, remember what you've forgotten. And it's a way to progress your character without overpowering them uh, throughout the course of the game. And as the game gets harder, you have to really think about what it is that you're doing. It is a game that you cannot hack and slash. You cannot button mash Fallen Order. You have to think like a Jedi, you know, how how you're going to combat an opponent. And um, I had such a hard time with, I believe it's the ninth sister on Kashyyyk, where it was like, probably an hour or two of just like frustrating. And this is the one thing I, I don't like about wireless controllers is that throwing them makes them harder to find where going back to my Nintendo days of having a wired controller, like they were tethered to a thing. Um, I don't, I'm, I'm not a hyper aggressive guys. I don't throw my shit all over the place, but um, I think your arcade cabinet would disagree. Well, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't get these 24 inch pythons. From shoulder to thumb. And it's not around my biceps. It's from my shoulder to my thumb. That's it's my 24-inch pythons from uh, throwing cabinets around. Anyway, um, but this game, it made you think about what it was you were doing as you were doing it and being more um, calculating about how you faced an opponent. And, you know, on top of all of that, the story that, you know, guys like uh, Mitch Dyer and the rest of the the team that, that crafted the story, what they put together for this particular character in this, you know, already somewhat established timeline, um, it all fit very well. You know, it doesn't really step on any toes. It doesn't really change anything. Um, 
And it's also one of those things that Star Wars does very well, where it leaves a lot of threads open to, well, what happened to him later? And now we have, you know, there's a lot of talk about there may be a sequel game at some point. You know, it seems very likely. Uh, we haven't seen any definite confirmation that I can think of. Um, but uh, I do want more with these characters and this ship. And I want to know what happens to them. You know, that's that's the mark of good storytelling when you get invested in the characters emotionally to think like, well, what happens next? And that's that's the experience that this game gave me. So, you know, for, for recent memory, this has been, you know, one of the best games that I've played. And, you know, I'm not a huge gamer. I've played a handful of other games. And, and as much as I enjoyed Squadrons for what that was, it was a much shorter campaign. That game was meant to be played online with um, mm-hmm. with a lot of people in that kind of setting. But Fallen Order gave me an experience that I didn't realize that I wanted at the time. And then once I realized what it was, it delivered, you know, hand over fist with with what video gaming could uh, could um uh, hand out to people. And it, and it was fantastic. I love that game so much. Well, I mean, it did something that I think a lot of us wanted to understand more, which I think a lot of Star Wars fans, that's what they're looking for. They're looking to see something that they haven't. They're looking to view a time period in a way that they haven't viewed it before or be a part of it. And one of that is, what is it like to be a Jedi during the Jedi Purge? Uh, because that was something that we speculated on while it was getting closer to coming out is like, are we going to see like the purge happen? And you do spoiler alert. And, uh, they do it in such a nuanced, well, way, uh, a good way in the sense of like you were saying how Cal has to relearn what he has learned, um, by overcoming grief and, uh, uh, by overcoming um, PTSD and demons and not, not real demons, but you know, like personal demons in order to get past these things and, and re find who he actually was. And uh, they did it in such an amazing way. So uh, I, I applaud them. And I think we'll definitely see more of the uh, Cal Kestis and his crew. And I don't think it's, it's a, a you know, the, a mistake that they got Cameron Monaghan, I believe that's how you pronounce his name, um, to be Cal Kestis because he's an actor who can be in other actual media in the future. And I, I think we're going to see him not just in a video game. I think we're going to see him in the future in some capacity. So that's mm. my that's my prediction outside of, of uh, video gaming. Nice. Let's come back to this years to come and see how wrong I was. <laughs> oh, we'll remember. We'll, we'll bring it back up as soon as we find out. No, I think I think you're right. I think we are going to see Cal Kestis in some other other form of uh, Star Wars storytelling. I enjoyed this game as well. Um, I had a love hate relationship with the game mechanics, how it played. Sometimes I loved it. Sometimes I I thought it was downright kooky and just. I remember I remember seeing a, a uh, somebody put sonic the hedgehog music on uh the kashik run where you're sitting there sliding down uh all the bass like it just it just really that's a really good video like it makes a lot of sense like that it's it's kind of like sonic the hedgehog sometimes so that kind of stuff took me out of it but the most positive thing and that this is the most important thing is is being positive about it i think that the characters were wonderful 
Um, I liked being able to see all the Inquisitors. Yeah. I really enjoyed... I, I'm trying not to spoil anything because I know that there are a lot of people out there that would probably be interested in playing it if they haven't played it yet. It's still relatively new. Um, I like where the story went and I like where it could possibly go. And that's just kind of, I guess that's all I really got to say about it. Uh, it's all 100% positive. <laughs> well, 95% positive. <laughs> well, yeah, before before the show wraps up, I, I alluded to wanting to go back to meeting Rick um back at celebration uh because like that it, it was one of the best moments of all of celebration which is saying a lot because celebration is extremely magical and just having somebody come up to you and be like hey guys and be like who's this weirdo and then it turns out that's rick villanueva hey we know this guy but being able to talk and take a picture together and all that and then see you around every once in a while. It was just really magical. It was really gratifying of uh, doing the work that I'm doing and being able to, to connect with people, uh, even though uh, after you buy a Kylo Ren t-shirt and you uh, see that it's blue and go, what kind of knockoff Star Wars shirt did you just buy? You know, that that cut a little deep, but I still appreciated the sentiment. Um, but I just wanted to say that, uh, it's super cool to see you doing jam transmissions and especially doing it with Pete and being able to see your voice be, uh, spread through the star Wars community is awesome. And I love the positive content that is being pushed right now. And it was perfect that, uh, Pete, you were just leading it back to being positive to to kind of wrap that up and saying, I, I I love Star Wars positive content, and you guys definitely bring that every single time you do an episode. So uh Rick, I don't know what Star Wars shirt you have on right now. It looks like you have one. Uh, I would love to I would love to roast it, but uh I, I think I'm just gonna keep it positive right now. You cannot is that you blue can harvest. harvest. It is a blue harvest shirt. Okay, never mind. I can't roast you, it. That's you can't a, that's do that. Outstanding. You can't. I love that. But yeah, I just wanted to say that before before uh, the show got away from us. Um, and Rick, I'm still one way or another coming for you next celebration. <laughs> well, listen, you know, we, we on, on the surface of what this show is, you know, first, th- thanks for joining us. We've This has obviously been a lot of fun to talk about. Something more spirited, like, you know, uh, Get video games almost like comic books like a fucking moron and um <laughs> but for for us or, or for i should say for myself you know personally tyler you know th- those early interactions that i had with the show and you know a lot of it was just kind of like sending in little goofy comments and just you know being my silly self um to think of you know some of the comments i i i can remember where i was the first time you read one of my comments on the show and I was, and it was weird because at the time I wasn't like super engaged with a lot of shows, either, you know, just with, you know, sending in voicemails or emails or anything like that. And I was working on a, on a construction site and I was listening to the show and I don't really remember what the topic was, but I remember being in this room by myself, you know, doing the work that I'm doing and you guys saying, oh, the next comment is uh, Rick Villarreal. And here I, here's my dumbass on a ladder like pointing at myself, like, Oh, that's me. I'm the guy. They're talking about me right now. And there's nobody else in this room except for me. And I was, it was, <laughs> it was a weird thing just to like, you know, you hear your own name from other people. Um, and it, I mean, it was a lot of fun and it was a goofy show. I don't remember what it was. It was probably something stupid and silly that 
um, jam uh, or jam transmissions did uh, that uh, Chatter Squadron did, but um, goofy and silly. Yeah, that's a, yeah, that's a good course. wrap up. Of course, <laughs> but but I'm so glad that in the you know couple of years since that first um, you know on air mention uh, that we got to meet at Celebration and we've become very good friends, kind of behind the scenes, um, and that led to us doing uh, the Force Fest. Um, conversation last year, which was about mental health. And uh, we didn't do that alone. We did that with Maria, who was on um, the last episode on our episode 100. Yeah. um, Go check out Sistas. They are some of the best. They just interviewed EK Johnston on their show and it was fantastic. Um, And without having met you at the time, I don't think we would have been able to do something so um, personal in the Star Wars space. Uh, on you know with on, on the platform that that Force Fest offered us, um, so you know again you know thanks for coming on and you know thank you for the friendship that we've had and just you know talking and texting and doing what we do um, as as friends and um, I can't wait until we get to have another conversation like this again. So it's been a lot of fun. Me either. Just don't throw a, a game cabinet at me when we see each other next, and everything will be cool. I, I won't, but nothing will ever change my mind that Johnny Trowbridge is the best Chatter Squadron pilot. You know, pilot because he's the, <laughs> every time, every time, like he was, he was on the chat for your for your latest episode, and there was a part of me, and I put it in the mm-hmm. chat that I'm swooning. I was in the same chat as Johnny. If he's listening to this, and I hope to God he is, because I have no reason to think he's not. Johnny, I I think I said this at celebration. For no reason other than I get to say it, he was my favorite because it was just funny listening to him laugh at the most inopportune times. Um, the man can, the man can't afford a, a hairbrush for whatever reason, and I think that's adorable. Um, and uh, I'm I'm just gonna leave it at that because this is not a uh, I'm not I'm not trying to stand Johnny or anything, but he uh, I, I love Johnny and I, I would love to be able to hang out with uh, with you guys again in person, and I can't wait until the day that we get to do that. Well, I will say, Rick, you're not trying to to stand for Johnny. You definitely are. So uh, I'll, I'll, I'll was... be sure to pass. I'll be sure to pass this along to him. Just give me his phone number. I'll tell him myself. At three in the morning on a Sunday. Well, to echo what Rick said, man, thank you, thank you so much for coming and hanging out with us today. It was it was awesome to meet you and chat about not just the news and our weeks in Star Wars, but about something that's clearly very near and dear to your heart as well. And, and us as well as uh, video games. So I feel like I know you, I feel like I've got a new friend here and um, well, this is the part where we uh, go ahead and close out the show. But what we do is we want people to know how they can follow shadow uh, chatter squadron if they haven't already. And um, so would you be able to tell like uh how can people find the show and where can they find you on social media? For sure. That little slip you had, it, it almost sounded like you said shadow squadron, shadow squadron. and I was I like, Whoa, okay. So we're getting to change the show name because that's rad. Uh, <laughs> but you can find chatter squadron uh, basically everywhere. That is a social media platform. Uh, we are at chatter squadron on Instagram and Twitter, and then we are Chatter Squadron on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch, and we stream on those three platforms every single Saturday, 1 p.m. Eastern. Um, 
it's basically a, like an hour long live stream where we kind of talk about the uh, news of the week. And just like I said before, kind of have a good time with it. You can also follow my personal stuff at the Tyler Bucks, which is everywhere. Do Instagram, Twitter. I Twitter's only for the show. So, but do, <laughs> do Instagram if you want to see, uh, as, as Rick has said, my handsome face. But he said that it behind the scenes, so you guys don't know that he actually has he swooned over me before. But uh, yeah, yes. you can find us all of those places. And uh, thank you guys so much for giving me the platform to jump on another positive Star Wars podcast. It was our pleasure, man. And uh, hopefully, this won't be the last time. <laughs> uh, we'll see how Rick acts to me. <laughs> <laughs> Well, here are some of the ways that you can interact with us. You can follow Jam Transmissions on Twitter at JTComLink, where we retweet other great shows you should be listening to, plus the big news of the week. And we post pictures of all of our toys that we talked about today, live streams of games like The Old Republic or Bounty Hunter and other games that we've been talking about today, as well as topics for upcoming episodes. Now, as for our personal accounts, you can find me on Twitter at Wookie Venom, tweeting about comic books, sports, and all of my other nerdy fandoms. But what about you, Rick? Where can people find you? Uh, Mouseketeers, you can find me on Twitter at Cad Bane's Bounty, <laughs> um, where for today, at least, uh, as we're recording, and I will be doing this for the next couple of days, I'm going to be shouting out the lads at Blue Bantha Milko, because they are releasing their, their um, Make Solo 2 as written by AI, much like they did their episode 10. Yeah. Um, and uh, you guys should really check that stuff out. The uh, The episode 10 was hilarious. It went down some turns that uh, was very were very unexpected. But uh, check out their YouTube. They're great lads, and uh, they deserve a follow everywhere that they're available. Um, but yeah, Cad Bane's Bounty is where you can find me on Twitter. I am on Facebook. I don't really talk about anything there I, I do a lot of shit posting on facebook so don't follow me there but uh that's it back to you Pete. <laughs> well if you guys want to interact with us and uh, be a part of the show direct all of your emails and voicemails to comlink c-o-m-l-i-n-k at jamtransmissions.com and we'll read the emails and play the voicemails on the show and if you want to help us out tell your friends about the show so that we can keep building our corner of the community and continue to make this show the positive and listener interactive podcast that we intend it to be just tell them to go to jamtransmissions.com or they can find us on most podcatchers and definitely on podbean google podcasts and apple podcasts and if anyone wants to find the links to any of the articles or news that we mentioned or how to follow shatter <laughs> i keep well, i keep want to call it shadow squadron so many shatter cool names now shatter squadron Wow. Well, that one too there you go if you want to check them out you can find all of those links and information in the show notes but that's going to be it for our 101st star wars day we hope you all enjoyed the show today and we can't wait to hear from you next time i say this to all of our friends and listeners out there as well as my co-hosts rick villanueva and tyler bucks may the force be with you always i love you johnny oh man here comes the money here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. Money, 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 Dog, your bets, here's where the buck stops See, first of all, I'm stepping out on my own About time I elevated to claim my own throne Success in my blood, call it homegrown 
towards reaching testosterone. Power and money got me crazy cocky. No longer need you, poppy. I know you're mad because you can't stop me. And if you wonder how this player done scooped your honey, I think she smell my cologne. It's called brand new money. Making major moves, man, ain't a damn thing funny. Pippin' hood rats to playboy bunnies. They see the... I have spoken.